Welcome to the Level Up English podcast, the best place to come to practice the English language, learn about the British accent and culture. With me, your host, Michael Lavers. Hello, welcome back. I am talking to you today from rainy England, rainy cold England. I have finally been reunited with my better and long lost microphone. So I don't know if you actually care, but I'm really happy to be to be talking with slightly better audio quality today. So I had a really fantastic time traveling around Asia and someone asked me on my blog, they left a comment and they asked me if I could make a kind of travel review video. So that's what I plan to do next week. So next week, I'm going to be talking about where I went, what I was doing, and also what I've got planned for perhaps not the whole year, but at least the next few weeks of the podcast and with my life as well. So next week is going to be a little bit of an update video, but I'll try to make it interesting and hopefully you can learn a little bit as well. We can learn something new, uh, English related, of course, next week. I have a few things to mention before we get started today. First of all, I've got a shout out to give. A shout out, for those who don't know, is where you kind of mention someone's name in a public area, like on a TV show or a podcast, of course. So I do get a lot of messages and comments from people who are listening on their way to work. So it's kind of really exciting for me to hear where you're listening to this podcast. I can imagine perhaps you're driving to work right now, or maybe you're on the train, and I'm kind of, I feel like I'm joining you on that journey. Usually it's a boring journey, so hopefully I can make your morning or your evening a little bit happier. So thank you if you are. Hello to you commuters out there. I have some people specifically who I want to shout out. So I got a very nice message on my Instagram page, and this is from Elisama who also left a podcast review on Apple Podcasts. And I was really happy to receive her message because she is an English teacher in Brazil and she told me that she and her colleagues listen to this podcast on the way to work. So I have to say hello to Elisama, Moabi and Joao. Now, I really hope I pronounced your names correctly. Maybe I didn't do so well, but... Yeah, thank you to you and everyone else for listening, of course. Speaking of reviews, I did also receive two nice reviews on Apple Podcasts. So I had one from Leighton in Brazil, and he just said, you're amazing. I don't feel like I'm quite amazing, but thank you very much for saying that. And then he said, I can understand all that you say. I wish you all the success of the world. That's really kind of you. Thank you so much. I had a second review from a username with two throwing up emojis. So very interesting name, but it was a nice comment. They said, I recommend, I love this podcast. I hear it all the time and I repeat, I hear again and again, and it helps a lot. Thank you. And this is someone who is from Brazil, but now living in the UK. So thank you both very much to you two for leaving the very kind review. It really does help the podcast a lot. I do have a lot of listeners in Brazil. I checked 
the podcast statistics the other day. And actually, I want to give one final shout out to my top five countries. So number one is Brazil. So thank you to all my Brazilian listeners. Hello to you. Two is China. Three is Japan. Four is Poland. And five is Italy. I'm actually quite surprised by this top five. But thank you to those countries for listening. And of course, to all the other countries. But I can't mention everyone. But yeah, I thought that was quite interesting. But okay, so enough of the introductions. I always get carried away. I had a listener question to answer today. So I had a nice email from Vahid. And he asked if I could do a podcast on common mistakes in English. I hope you still listen to the podcast because I know you asked this question about two months ago. So I apologize for the slow response. But yes, I thought of, I thought very carefully about what I could answer here. So as you may know, I teach English online. And over the past few years, I have taught thousands of lessons. And I have noticed that many learners make the same mistakes. And it does depend on what country you're from. You know, people with a certain language will make the same mistakes as each other. But generally, learners struggle with the same things. And of course, that's normal. And the good thing is, these mistakes are fairly simple to learn from. They're not so big. So if you're making any of these mistakes I mentioned today, you can overcome it and learn from it. So let's get right into it. Mistake number one is confusion between the words for, since, and ago. For, since, and ago. So I'm going to quickly review when we use them and when we do not use them. And also keep in mind that this will all be written on my website. So if you go to my website, click on podcast, you'll be able to read the grammar notes for this episode. So for, the word for is used to show a length of time, a period of time. And we can use it in any verb tense. We can say present perfect. I have been waiting for half an hour. We can use it with past tense. I was waiting for 10 minutes. Or even future tense. I will wait for 10 minutes. So after four, we always have the length of time. It could be a minute, a day, a year, 10 years. But we do not use four with a specific time. We never say for 2019 to talk about length. So it's not correct to say, I waited for Monday. We have to say, I waited for one day, not Monday. The word since is usually only used with present perfect tense. And this is the one that people struggle with the most, I think. And this talks about the time when something happened. So let's look at an example. I have lived in England since 
the year 2000. That's 20 years now. I have lived in England since 2000. So that means it started in 2000 and it is continuing until the present day, until today. Or on a shorter term, maybe you are eating dinner. You could say, I have been eating dinner since 2pm. It's kind of a strange time to have dinner, actually, but oh well. So perhaps you started at 2 and you're still eating now. So it's not correct if we use present simple or past simple. So if I said, I was eating since 2pm, that is not correct. Since has to be continuing now. So we would, in this case, we would have to say from. I was eating from 2pm. So since is for present perfect. From can be for past tense. And finally, ago. Ago, I think, is a fairly simple one and it's used to talk about when something happened in the past. And it's always used with, again, a length of time. So it's measuring the time between when it started and now. How much time had passed since you did it. But we always use past simple tense because it's something that has finished. Since is still continuing. Ago has finished. For example, I went to Japan two months ago. I'm not in Japan now. I went two months ago. So to, now is February. I was in Japan in December. So I was in Japan two months ago. So of course, as always, think about your examples. If you can, write them down, send them to me as well but at least think about them. So think about something you have done for a length of time, something you have been doing since a time, and something you did a certain amount of time ago. There's three sentence examples for you to think about. Okay, mistake number two, two out of five, the five altogether, is the difference between much versus many. Much or many. Again, it's a very common mistake, but I think it's quite easily fixed. If you spend you know, 30 minutes really practicing this and learning it, I think you can stop making this mistake, at least most of the time. So basically, much is used for uncountable nouns, and many is used for countable nouns. So you know something is countable because you can count it. So if you can say one computer, two computers, three computers, you know, I can count the computers on my fingers. So if I have a hundred computers, I will say, wow, there are so many computers. If I cannot count it, and this goes for things such as water or milk. You know, liquids are very difficult to count. But also some other things like um, bread or rice. And I think the reason for that is because bread and rice, they don't have a certain size. You know, bread can be any size. Rice, you can have one grain of rice, but one rice, you know, one portion of rice 
we can't exactly measure rice so easily in that way. So for these things, we use much. We never say two rice, free rice. So if you have, I don't know, a thousand kilograms of rice, you're going to feed an army. You would say, there is so much rice on the table. So we do not say so many rice and we do not say so much computers. Both of these are incorrect. Another example, a very common sentence you might say to someone or your pet or even some food, perhaps. I love you so much. So much is used here as a quantifier to count how much you love someone. But there are, it's not possible to say, you know, two loves, three loves. You cannot count love. So of course we say much. I love you so much. So again, think of some other nouns. Look around your room. Most things you can see are going to be countable. So you're going to use many. But try and think of some examples where you can use much or many to count different objects. And also try and think of some more abstract nouns as well, such as intelligence, something you cannot physically see or touch. Because of course we cannot count intelligence. Or beauty is another example, you can't count beauty. So of course we'd say so much intelligence or much beauty. So think of more examples like that and let me know if you can. Okay, common mistake number three is, again, very simple, but I hear this from students all around the world. So it doesn't matter what country you're from, I always hear this. And it's actually really not a big deal, but it makes a big difference in how people perceive you. So people will probably have more respect for you in, in some way, or maybe they will just be more happy to listen to you. If you get this wrong, it sounds a little bit childish because this is what children say when they're learning English in the UK. So it's an important one to remember. And this is more better, more better. So you may know when we turn an adjective into a comparative, which means basically we add ER. Good becomes better, uh, tasty becomes tastier, hot becomes hotter, big becomes bigger, things like that. So the mistake here is when people say more bigger, more hotter. And I know many advanced learners who do this as well. And I think the reason is because we know what you mean. So perhaps no one will ever correct you because it's not hard to understand what you mean. But it's good to sound more natural. So ER and more have the same meaning. So we never put them together. So for example, we do not say more bigger, we just simply say bigger, it's bigger. The simple story is more is usually used for nouns. Like there are more people there are more objects on the table. But for adjectives, usually we would say ER, more, better, bigger, hotter, colder. 
The exception is for adjectives that have syllables longer than three. So a syllable is a sound. For example, beautiful, three sounds. Beautiful, interesting, fantastic. These are longer adjectives. And when you have a longer adjective, we do not put an ER. So we do not say beautifuler, that's wrong. We say more beautiful. So only use more for nouns and longer adjectives. Okay, common mistake number four, almost coming to the end. This one is very appropriate, time. We're running out of time. And that's because it's getting quite late here. I want to go to bed fairly soon, maybe in two hours, actually, because now, you know, I like to sleep, sleep quite early. Now it is 7.45. Or another way to say that is quarter to eight. So time, telling the time correctly is something that, again, many advanced students get wrong as well. And it can be quite confusing. There's a lot to remember. You know, we can say simple time, but it's usually quite different from language to language. So I thought I could kind of run through the basic ways to say different times. And again, see if you can practice yourself with more times. So let's use eight o'clock as an example. Let's pretend someone is asking me for the time. And this is what I would say to them. I could say eight o'clock or simply eight. So we don't need to say o'clock because if we know we're talking about the time, just the number is fine. 15 minutes later, there are two things we could say. We could say 8.15 or quarter past eight. Quarter past eight. And now keep in mind, this is the British way to say it. I think the Americans might have a slightly different way, but I'm not 100% sure what they say. So we're going to focus on the British way today. If we go 15 minutes later again, we would say 8.30, 8.30. Or we could say half past eight, half past eight. Usually we say it very quickly, half past eight, something like that. There's usually two ways to say each time. Let's go another 15 minutes ahead, 8.45, 8.45. The other way to say this is not 45 past eight. That's a bit strange because it's closer to nine. So we say quarter to nine quarter to nine. And if you pick a random time in the middle, let's say 8.22, we would just simply say the numbers. If you want to be really specific, say 8.22. Or if you don't want to be so specific, you could say it's roughly 20 past eight. So let me know if any of them you're not sure about, maybe some of them are new to you. I think time is something we neglect to learn when we learn a language. And this goes for me as well. It's kind of quite hard to tell time in a foreign language, even though it's such a simple concept. So practice if you can and let me know if that was useful. The last one, 
I didn't do nothing. I didn't do nothing. Now, I hope you did something today. <laughs> this one, again, I hear from many learners. I didn't do nothing. Can you work out what's wrong in that sentence? I think that if you are a Spanish speaker or perhaps a Portuguese speaker, this is probably correct in your language. But in English, we do not put two negatives together. So we have not and nothing. We do not put them together. And I'll try to explain why. So if you do nothing, we all know what that means. It just means you're sitting down, you're not doing... Yeah, it's kind of hard to explain. You're doing nothing. There's no activity that you're doing. If you do not do nothing, that means you're doing something because it's the opposite, the negative of nothing. The opposite of nothing is something. If you don't understand, it doesn't really matter. I'll just tell you the correct way. The correct way is I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. And now there is only one negative in this sentence. I did not do anything. Today I was very, very busy, but tomorrow it's my day off. So I think I will not do anything. That's my plan. Now, when was the last time you did nothing? When was the last time you did not do anything? Let me know as always. Now, one final thing I want to say before I go today, a really big mistake that people make. This is a bonus one. And this is something I've spoken about before on the podcast. Not learning collocations. And instead of that, translating from your own language. So, of course, translating is not always a bad thing. Sometimes you have to do it. It's unavoidable, especially when you're starting to learn. So a collocation is like a set phrase in a language and it kind of, we use it, but we don't really know why. So here's just a random example at the end of the day. This is a really common phrase that is used, always used together. And it kind of means like eventually or ultimately or after considering everything I just said, this is the, the bottom line. This is my opinion. If you translate it into your language, it probably won't make sense. It won't have the same meaning. Here's another one that I heard from a student the other day. I think they were translating from Russian and they said, in my born city, my born city. So they were talking about the city where they were born. I understood what they meant, but again, because they don't know the collocation, it doesn't sound natural to me. So the natural way to say it in English is birthplace or hometown. Birthplace or hometown. So this is kind of a big mistake that some people make is they neglect to learn from context. So this is a reminder, the best way to learn these kind of things, lots of reading, lots of listening, whatever you like, TV series, movies, and pay really close attention to the phrases they're using, not just the words on their own, the whole phrases. But okay, that's enough of my rant for today. I've got to take a breath now. That was a big, a lot of talking for me after having a little break from the podcast. 
But thank you so, so much for listening, as always. As I said, next week, I will be giving my super cool travel review. I hope it's interesting for you. I'm very excited to talk about it and tell you what I learned from there. After that travel review, I've got two more listener questions to cover. So I received some emails about listener questions and I will be doing them for the next two episodes. And then the second podcast in March, I've got an interview with another English teacher. So if all goes to plan, that is what I will be doing for the next few episodes. Thank you very much for listening to today and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. You have been listening to the Level Up English podcast. If you would like to leave a question to be answered on a future episode, then please go to levelupenglish.school forward slash podcast. That's levelupenglish.school slash podcast. And I'll answer your question on a future episode. Thanks for listening.